I've finally got someone that I can go play golf with, right? This game is sick. I, I didn't have the courage, again, to go to a golf course around here. So I thought, if we're going to do it, let's do it properly. No alcohol, no gambling, and we made sure there were Salah facilities available. Mm. I just thought, whoa, a guy with beard, laughing, cracking jokes, playing sports, that doesn't go, wait, hold on, that wasn't my definition of being sure, a practicing sure. Muslim. Really intimidating, especially going into an alien environment because yeah. you don't see anyone that looks like you. Yeah. I've got a completely different perception on life. Money now isn't important to me, mm. right? It's like I genuinely feel like I'm on a mission now. Yeah, we want to introduce golf to every Muslim man, woman, child, abled and disabled. That's it. Most people with a vision never get to see their vision in their lifetime. Yeah. Sports and Muslim schools never go hand in hand. We've proven that a woman wearing full niqab from head to toe, the only thing you see is her eyes, can swing a golf club. Wow. I don't expect everyone to become a golfer. All we want is everyone to experience it at least once, to try it. Welcome to the Murabiyun Show, raising awareness of Islamic schools. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Murabiyun Show. I'm here with none other than Amin Malik from Muslim Golf Association. Yes. Um, I'm really excited about this episode. Uh, Amin is one of the first sporting organisations uh, we started talking to, yeah. having some good conversations with. Um, and um, I'm hoping for the, uh, the next half now, 45 minutes, we can start unpacking a little bit about MGA, Charlotte. a little bit about the work that we've done. But before we do that, yep. um, let's try and, try and understand <coughs> Amir uh, and sports, okay? <laughs> Go for it. So, Amir, what's the last live sporting event you went to? Uh, the last live sporting event I went to, I think, was actually um, the Open in Liverpool. If I remember correctly, it's been such a haze. Yeah, that was in the summer. I think that was the last live event. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, the like yeah, the golf, the 151st Open in Liverpool. Yeah, I was there as well. You were there. Thanks to you. That's right. You were Thanks there. You. I, I think that was the last live event. Yeah. Okay, we'll get into that a little bit later. Sure. Do you watch any? Do you go to any other live events apart from golf? So I was due to go to the Arsenal Tottenham game. Oh man. And I said no. What, Arsenal or Tottenham? I'm an Arsenal fan. Okay. I'm from the right side of London. Uh, <laughs> and can you believe I said no? Because, ironically, I hadn't played golf for a long time and I just wanted to spend time with my friends wow. and play golf. And, and don't get me wrong, I hadn't seen my other friend who I was going with for a long time. But I thought, actually, I just, I just wanted to just chill out and, and just spend quality time yeah. with people and playing a game that I loved. And... Uh, it's a good thing I didn't go because we drew two all. It was good so, yeah, it was a great game. It was, it was a great game. game. But yeah, I, I could have gone to the derby, but I didn't. It's a shame that you lost yesterday. But anyways. anyways. <coughs> well, at least we're in the Champions League. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, what sport do you struggle to watch on TV? Oh, Formula One. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I really... Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever watched a race from start to finish. And I'll watch a couple of turns. Okay. And then I'm like, okay. <laughs> a couple of turns. <laughs> right? And I'm like, okay, whereas I can watch snooker. Okay. I can, even, I can watch golf. I spent the whole Sunday watching the Ryder Cup. Yeah. Uh, rugby, I'm fascinated with yeah, as well. World Cup is on at the moment. Yeah, amazing. Football, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I think Formula One, I, I struggle. Every time I don't get excited and I can't sit there for a couple of hours 
just watching those cars go past. So yeah, I think that would definitely be the first one. Do, do you know what the funny thing is? Um, so the first episode we done um, was with Talal. Okay. And he said the same thing. Did he? <laughs> okay, that's why we get on. <laughs> yeah, so, it's uh, weird. It's just really weird. It's just the, one of the first things that come up with most other sports. I could, I could probably you know fathom, but yeah, it's just okay. Formula One. But yeah, as a disclaimer to Formula One, um, that's how those two feel. That's not how I feel. Yeah, um, <laughs> we definitely want to be working with Formula One. But listen, it looks amazing. <laughs> the funny thing is, I've even been to a race. And it's like, maybe because I'm not a massive car enthusiast, yeah, okay. right? I think that's what it comes down to. So, but yeah, I just, um, I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying I can't, um, I can't spend two, three hours watching that. Um, what's your most memorable sporting moment? Like past? Personal or? or, or... Just, just, I'm talking about professional sports. You <sighs> could fall into that category. Oh, I don't know about that. Um, what comes to mind for you? Wow. I think... It's a tricky conversation because sometimes it could be a moment that you've lived through or it could be a moment that you've heard about in the past. Yeah, um, I've got a terrible memory, right? So that's, that's, that will always work against me. Um, but I think, I think, funny enough, watching England win the World Cup against New Zealand oh, in okay. cricket, ironically. That was a few years ago. Uh, yeah, it was a couple of years yeah. ago. It's the last World Cup because the World Cup's happening now. Yeah, yeah. And that was so dramatic because I was with my family okay. and we were all in the room wow. and we were watching the cricket and we were all invested. And it went to, I think, a super over yeah, yeah. And, and it was just unbelievable. Yeah. And so you could feel the emotion in the room and on yeah. the TV, it was on loud. So that's one that sticks out. Um, I think going back many moons, the whole Invincible season was amazing. Yeah. Right. That still to this day was just, it, it was, you it was absolutely phenomenal <laughs> um uh yeah those, those were probably the ones I, I think yeah i i think those those were probably the ones that stick fresh in the mind i'm a very big lover of the underdog as well yeah right so whenever there's a moment or there's an opportunity for the underdogs to do well i'll yeah. always be rooting for them um, yeah, that tends to be my, my default position. Okay, final question before we get into um, the real crux of the show. Um, what's one sport that you would love to play? Like maybe you don't have enough time to sure, play it, or sure. maybe you've tried it but you're not very good at it, but you know, you, you, you wish you could pick up a tennis racket and just hit it like Rafael Nadal. <laughs> what is it? What is it? Uh, um, what have I always wanted to play finally like golf was one okay golf golf was really was really one i think most of the sports i've tried okay and i've i've had i was lucky enough to have access to but golf really was one because uh, you know people from pakistani backgrounds don't have golf clubs sitting in the garages <laughs> and we didn't know anyone and so you know golf was definitely one of those ones but if you ask about now um I don't know, you know. I don't know. Maybe basketball. Basketball? Yeah, may, maybe basketball. Again, that's another sport that I, I was lucky enough to watch Chicago Bulls versus New York Knicks wow. uh, at Madison Square Garden. No way. And I fell asleep. <laughs> because you were tired or just... No, I just, like, I, was just, I just didn't find it that exciting. I'm really weird, aren't I? I'm really strange. Um, I just don't get... Listen, there's some great dunks out there and there's some great players... But it's like, okay, 
yeah, it doesn't doesn't really do it for me. I think you've got to feel passionate about it. Yeah. And you know what it is? I've had similar kind of moments in live events where I felt like, you know what, this is a bit like a, a bit of an anticlimax. Yeah. Um, but in other occasions, it's it's felt better than what I was expecting it yeah. to be like. Yeah. Um, but I guess, yeah, once you put yourself in that situation... Listen, it was I was in New York and I thought... This is amazing. This is such a bucket list moment. Madison yeah. Square Gardens, yeah. New York Knicks versus Car- obviously wasn't the great Chicago Bulls and whatnot, yeah. but it was still the fact that you yeah, know yeah. it was it was there, and I was just like, okay, this is alright. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but maybe because I'm not good at basketball, I don't necessarily appreciate it. Maybe that's my bias. If I'm not good at something, I don't like it. Um, but uh, but I've been dying to go to a rugby match. Honestly, I've been dying because I don't even understand rugby. Right, I try to understand the rules, but. Every time England play, and then I've got a real big appreciation for the All Blacks because of where they come from and how small they are and what they've managed to do. So I've read a lot about them. But rugby, I'm really fascinated to actually go down and watch, um, excuse me, a, a game. So um, As a small little uh, trip over to France, you can get to the World Cup maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's a bit, bit late now. But, uh, but you know, I, I didn't used to live too far from Twickenham, yet I never went. So uh, I think that's something I definitely want to do is go watch a game of rugby at Twickenham if we get any inshallah yeah you have to well, we'll you've got to call me definitely we'll in contact um, mashallah you've had an amazing um, journey if you don't mind me saying thank you um, even in the short space of time that I've got to know you um, it's been really interesting to understand the kind of what you've what you've achieved alhamdulillah sure. and what your ambitions are more than anything actually that's more, much more impressive I would probably say um, but I mean Give us a little bit of an insight into what the MJE is, yeah. how it came about. Yeah, so the, as we were just alluding to, you know, you asked me the question, what sport would you like to have played? And and I answered ultimately it was golf. Um, so I, I grew up in a sporting family. So anything with the ball, we always played. I come, uh, you know, I've got two older brothers who are 15 and 16 years older than me, so I'm the proper baby of the family. So cricket was default, right? They were, they were big cricketers, big sportsmen. Um, and I was the little old boy that always had to bowl. Right against them, and that's fine because you didn't know any different on it. I was going to say you usually it's the opposite. You're probably the fielder, one's bowling, one's bowling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. But we didn't have a big garden, so you know it was what it was. But um, you know, I had one brother who was absolutely obsessed by cricket, so he was constantly getting me to bowl at him, and then and it's and it's fine, and it's it's really amazing when you hear of great players, right? And I was nowhere near that, but when you look at great players who've gone on to conquer the game, the likes of Sachin and so on and so forth. Yeah. These people also had elder siblings that they played with and they developed really, really quickly. And so naturally, I had to learn hand-eye coordination. So football, again, was another thing. Um, And I always remember that I always wanted to tag along with my brothers to go to the football, to go play with them. And all I ended up doing was just watching. (laughs) But you were in that environment. But when it came to golf... As I was growing growing up and used to see a little bit on TV, I was fascinated by it Mm. that okay, this is a sport, it's clearly a sport, and they hit this ball for miles, and it's like, okay, how does this work? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and and I think I had a golf club somehow, it ended up in our house, right? And so, you know, you're doing, you're hitting it, and then I, I even remember playing tennis with a golf ball, <laughs> right? It was weird, and my brother really kicked off at me because I ruined his tennis racket, oh, because man. obviously tennis racket is with strings, it's not designed to be hit something as heavy as a, as a golf ball. So it was always there, but I just you just didn't know how to play 
Um, and if any, I think we ended up even playing snooker inside my house where we would get small glass cups, make yeah. that the pockets, and we used to get this stick and hit golf balls into the... So, sounds, but, like, sounds, sounds like you were in my house as well. Right, so, <laughs> so it, it was amazing because you used to try and replicate everything you see on TV. Right. You would do it at home. But how do you replicate golf? Because mm. you've got nowhere big enough. Your house was small. There's no way you were going to swing anything. Yeah. And there was no one in my family, community, social circle that ever played golf. Yeah. And I, I always said I was never had the courage to go to a golf club and say, can I play? What age were you when you were kind of going through these? Well, I, I, I was probably now late teens, yeah, maybe early teen, teen years, and then getting into my early 20s, okay. right? Um, but even cricket, you know, we played so much cricket in my family and my cousins and stuff that it took me maybe in my second or third year of secondary school of actually joining a cricket club. Okay. And even then, I didn't think I was good enough because you heard about these cricket clubs where the, the local ones are, you know, it's a really good cricket club. And you're like, oh, I'm not good enough. It must be full of amazing yeah. players. And then you get there and you realise everyone's actually quite rubbish. <laughs> and, and I should have got here ages ago. Yeah. And, and why did I stop? And, and so on. And, you know, cricket was a different journey itself. But, yeah, golf, no chance. And, yeah, I was quite lucky. There was a, probably one or two golf courses not too far from me. Um, but, again, never knew anything about it. And, in fact, actually, there's one guy at school who used to caddy for £10, right? That was his part-time job. Wow. And he would be a caddy. because yeah, I'd go out and caddy for two, three hours, and he got paid 10, 20 quid. And I thought, I was like, oh, that's a bit weird. Anyway... Um, when I was working in recruitment, uh, in my first job, actually, I worked for a Sikh guy and we got on really, really well. And we always used to talk about football, sports and stuff. And he goes, oh, and then golf came up. He goes, do you fancy playing golf? And I was like, absolutely, let's go. I'm like, wicked. I can, I've finally got someone that I can go play golf with, right? Um, and by then, I would have probably discovered a driving range, right? So you've gone to a driving range and hit a few balls. But he says, let's go play in a golf course. I was like, all over it. Bought some clubs and we went, we went to Enfield Golf Club. Didn't have a clue. Anyway, we played, and I thought, this game is sick. This game is really, really cool. How do we do it? And we must have played terribly. But we played, and he wanted to play again. So I said, oh, why don't you come down towards me in Epsom? Excuse me, because it was in North London, I was in South. So we played again in Epsom. And now I'm starting to think, okay, this game is all right. I really, really like this. Then um, I had the opportunity to go and live in Mecca. And so I moved to Mecca, and then I uh, spent four amazing years there. And funnily enough, I played golf out there as well. <laughs> this was before Golf Saudi. But there was um, a huge golf course. It was a brown field site. So it was all brown. Wow. Had a porter cabin in the middle of the desert. Right? You turn up there. And what they do is they give you a piece of mat. AstroTurf is about this big. Right? And they said, there you go. You pay your fee. And off you go to the golf course. And it's an 18-hole golf course. Right? Par three, par four, par fives. And their greens weren't greens. They were browns because it was oil and water mixed, and everything was sloping up, right? So it was raised and sloping up, so it could actually stay. And your golf, your, your car was your golf buggy. So you put your clubs in your the back of your car. car. Was your golf buggy. Yeah, so now you're driving on the golf course, right, <laughs> in your car with your boot open, and you're playing golf. So wherever the ball lands, right, you pick it up, you put it on the grass, and you hit it off the AstroTurf wow. with real clubs, right? And, and I did that maybe three or four times. And then me and my friend of mine, we were just mad and bored and a bit techy. We ended up building a golf simulator, right? Because in Saudi, mashallah, the houses were massive, right? Huge ceilings like this. And uh, we bought an impact screen from America. We bought a simulator from, from the UK. It was just a small one, about 500 quid. And we had a souped-up PC, and we created a golf simulator. And so now we're hitting <laughs> balls into, a screen, into the house. It was crazy. 
That didn't last very long. Uh, anyway, I got back to the UK, and then that's how I moved to Luton, because my wife's from Luton. Okay. Right? Originally, I'm from South London, South West London, Kingston. And so when I, go back, when I got back, I thought, right, I really want to take golf up properly, um, and I really want to see how far we can explore this. And so I used to travel two hours all the way from Luton to South London every weekend just to play golf with my friends, because that was my safe circle. Right, I, I didn't have the courage again to go to a golf course around here. I was too embarrassed, scared, whatever. But my friends were playing in South London, so I decided to go play and we played with them. And we went from a driving range to pitch and putt to golf courses before we ended up going on golf holidays. And the more I travelled across the UK, I started seeing pockets of Muslims that played golf. I'd be at a function, a wedding, and as soon as someone says golf, my ears just pricked up. I was like this radar. It's like, okay. Why and how and who is talking about golf? Yeah. Right, I need to talk to you. And then I started saying, I, I, I was fascinated. I was wondering, I wonder how many Muslims there are that played golf. I thought there might be 100, right? Mm -hmm. But I thought, wouldn't it be great if we all got together? So I thought, let me run an experiment. Okay. Let's do a charity golf day. So charity golf days are so common. It's a really yeah. good way to raise money and it happens in all walks of life. So I thought, let's do a charity golf day and we will... And, and I did it with Reed Foundation because my brother was working uh, for Reed Foundation. So we thought we can raise, if it works, inshallah, we'll raise a couple of quid. But also I can use it as a platform to see if we get yeah. Muslims together. So I thought, OK, if we're going to do it, um, I want to do it properly. Because, again, I was seeing that there were the, the small pockets of Muslim guys, Pakistani guys, Bangladeshi guys that played. They were known as societies. And when I looked into them, they were just, 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 like, just set up in the back street. Right, yeah, we're, we're, we're the sultans of swing, right? And we get together once a month. There's 12 guys, 15 guys, whatever, right? And, and so on, right? But there wasn't any information. There wasn't anything professional about it. But it didn't need to be. It was just guys getting together, yeah. playing, right? So I thought, if we're going to do it, let's do it properly. Let's set up a company. Let's call it the Muslim Golf Association because I, 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 I'm Muslim, yeah. right? I'm, first and foremost, I'm Muslim. Then I'm British, Pakistani, whatever. But I'm Muslim first and foremost. And I, and I want to go for everybody so I thought well let's call it the Muslim Golf Association it's got a really cool acronym MGA as well yeah, yeah, nice. so we decided to do that then I got a logo made I, I got the website made I did everything in the sense of okay if I'm going to do it again to keep costs down and then there was the, the domain muslimgolfassociation.com was available snapped it up I thought great let's do it <laughs> and then I chose a venue and we chose the Grove okay. right which is famous. just outside here yeah it's famous because Tiger Woods yeah. Tiger Woods came here at the World Golf Championship tore the course apart and there's still plaques to this day on the golf course that show you where he hit certain shots and when you go there and you think oh my god this guy's a machine <laughs> for him to be able to do that three times in a row unbelievable anyway but it's a very prestigious venue yep. they look after you it's a really good experience so I thought I launched on December the 25th 2019 but we were going to do the event in June 2020. I thought I'd give myself six months okay. because I've done Islamic events before. Selling tickets is the hardest thing you can ever do, especially like golf, right? I thought I've got six months to do it. Launched Christmas Day because I thought even the taxi driver is going to be home. Did it through WhatsApp. And in 24 hours, I had 72 people sign up and pay. And all I needed was 72 to take over the golf course. Not only did they sign up, but they paid. And you've done Muslim events. Yeah, yeah. Just getting them to click and press checkout is one thing, but them to pay, and it was, it was a high expensive event, yeah. it blew my mind. I just thought, this is crazy. Then a week later, I had about 80, 90 people on a waiting list. Amazing. And I'm thinking, we're not supposed to play this game. Where have these guys come from? I, I couldn't fathom it. And then uh, 
that's how it started. 2020 COVID hit. So we had to push the event back to August. So I was really nervous. We were one of the first events to be held by the Grove, full masks, two meter seating, etc. Right, God, that seems like such a long time ago. But we pulled it off. Alhamdulillah, we raised about £18,000. But more importantly for me, I had 72 guys come from across the country, come together. And we based it on three key values. No alcohol, no gambling. And we made sure there were Salah facilities available. Mm. And it was amazing. I mean, we filmed it. It was really amateurish filming, but we filmed it. And to have 50, 60 guys praying outside the Grove Hotel on the turning circle as the entrance, making sujood was just, yeah, that was a really Quite a memorable, moment. A memorable moment. And that was a watershed moment. I just thought, wow, that, this is unbelievable. Let me unpick a little bit of your story. Please. Let me unpick a little bit of it, yeah? So... You've decided now that, you know, you've got this real interesting golf and you're playing on a weekly basis, like yep. you said, and, you know, you're, you're playing with your friends, yep. maybe some colleagues and what have you. Was it, what was everybody else feeling at the time? Did they, did they feel, did they, did, did they warm to the idea of it? Were they keen on the <laughs> idea of it? How was, what was going on? Yeah, I think I was very lucky, right? Because when I, even when I started practicing, um, the, the biggest driver for me was my friends. Sure. And when I when I started practicing, I actually came in thinking, right, I'd have to give up smiling. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to give up a good time. And I'll probably have to pack up sports, sure. right? Because I'd come from a big sporting background. But I was willing to sacrifice and just be like, okay, you know, I, I need to move away and yeah. I just need to, you know, we need to just go in the straight path. Trying to think, it, it was uh, golf considered the halal uh, sport for you to take up. <laughs> well, who knows? <laughs> but when I met... My friends, who now are my life, um, and my brothers, alhamdulillah, right? And I realised that actually these guys were really, mashallah, they were practising guys, but they could have a laugh. Yeah. They were genuinely funny. Yeah. They were sincere. And they were sports mad. I just thought, whoa, a guy with beard, laughing, cracking jokes, playing sports, that doesn't go, wait, hold on, that wasn't my definition of being sure, a practising sure. Muslim. And when I discovered these guys, I was like... Right. And I'd now, you know, I had loads of friends in different, different phases of life. But with my friends that I got here, I just thought, subhanAllah, these are, these are, these are true friends. Yeah. And so we formed a clique and it just happened to be that we got into golf at the same time. And, uh, you know, there, there, there's that concept of, of being in a pack. And so none of us went off on their own. Whatever we did, we did it together. I mean, like me, like an idiot, I was driving two hours just because most of them were based in South London, yeah. right? Just so that we could play together. And so we travelled together, we played together. But each, every one of us had the same fear, right? We were always looking over our shoulder. Will the white man see us? What's he going to say? He's going to see a bunch of Asians, beardos. Are we doing the right thing? Are we, have we got the right etiquette? Yeah. We never wanted to offend but we always were fearful. And with golf, you can always be a pro, because you're always playing packs of four. And, you know, if it's a, on a busy day, there'll always be four people behind you and they could watch you in some teeth. Oh, it's, it's the most intimidating thing going, right? And um, if that situation happened where you're now being watched by four guys, right, all of a sudden everyone goes quiet, right? And 
it was an unwritten rule that, okay, if you mess up that shot, don't worry, we won't count it because of that intimidating oh, pressure, okay. right? It was almost like an unlit, unwritten <laughs> law. And typically, right, what would happen is that you'd always hit your worst shot when people are watching you and you're just like, oh, it's the most embarrassing, the most intimidating thing to do. But anyway, right, that, that is what would happen, but we would do that together. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, we, you know, we were all on that same journey and we had that same fear, shall I say. Um, and, you know, I'd like to think I'm a relatively confident guy. Yeah. But like I said, it was really intimidating, especially going into an alien environment because yeah. you don't see anyone that looks like you. Yeah. These, uh, these, these environments aren't created for Muslims. No. Yet they should be and they need to be, but they weren't. No, I mean, the thing is, is that you mentioned fear, though, and alongside fear is uh, quite commonly associated with bravery. Yeah. So, mashallah, whilst you were fearful, you were also quite brave in the decision that you made. Um, yeah, and I guess it makes a lot of difference c- considering the network that you had around you, the people that you had, and like you said, that little experiment. Sometimes it's about kind of kind of putting yourself out there a little bit, exposing Absolutely. yourself, making yourself a little bit vulnerable. There probably was a bit of a risk in terms of financial risk as well. Um, and could you imagine if that hadn't been successful, um, how you may have felt about doing subsequent events? Yeah, but it was it was really scary because ultimately. You're doing like with any event, you've got to put deposits down. Exactly. You've got to put money down. I was nowhere near going to go ask anyone to do it. You know, you've got your reputation. Um, and, 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 and to this day, I don't understand how the MGA has got to where it's got to. And the only way, and the reason I put it down is purely from Allah. Yeah. It is, it is purely, purely, purely from Allah. It's not because of my success or who I am or whatever. No. Yeah. I put it down to purely, it's it's the waqal in Allah, and if it's meant to be good, it will happen, and if sure. it won't, it won't. Uh, but your intentions, inshallah, should be clear. They should be, you know, for the betterment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I put any success is, is, is from Allah. And, but we, we did that all through WhatsApp. When I launched the MGA... You know, the interesting thing is, I'm pretty sure I received that message. You, you probably could have done. Honestly, I think <laughs> I'm on one of the WhatsApp groups where I received that message. And the moment I saw it, I thought to myself, you know what, this is pretty cool. But I I still think I'm in that space that you talk about, that I'm still not quite comfortable or I haven't quite found the confidence to be able to... I've done nine holes, but I've never done 18 sure. holes. Although the other day when we were on the nine hole, we, we, we did a sneaky shot on the 18 hole, yeah. uh, me and my brother-in-law. Yeah. And it was so fun. Yeah. But haven't quite gone to that next stage. That's right. And... I do think that the, what you're talking about, golf and the prestige and, and everything that's associated about it, there's a, lot of, um, there's a lot of barriers to overcome. Absolutely. There's a lot of barriers to overcome. But, you know, for you to get as far as you have, and like you said, you, you, initially it was an interest you yeah. had. That interest then uh, spiked some sort of, okay, you know what, let, let's formalise this, let's kind of organise this a little bit more. And, you know, now, mashallah, you're now in a place where you're doing this Full time. Yeah, this yeah, is your yeah. this is your bread and butter on a day to day basis, yeah. and that's a challenge in itself, which we've spoken about yeah. already offline. But I mean, what would you say is your overall mission now? What's the objective? What are you trying to achieve? Yeah. So the last three years have been an incredible journey. It's been a roller coaster of emotions. Uh, it's been life changing. It literally has been life changing, um, and and it's put a lot of perspective into life you know I, I've done recruitment so I did a lot of recruitment for startups I work with a lot of founders I work with big multinational companies etc and you read a lot of books and you know you, they call it the four hour week 
where actually you're only working for four hours because that's the admin ultimately that you're doing. The rest of the time, it's not work. And I never really understood it. And I, and I, and I won't be ashamed to say that actually I, I did recruitment for money. Yeah. Right? I was really money motivated. I was good at it. And it was uh, for me, it was a really cool way to be able to have a really good lifestyle and mm. make money. And, uh, and I enjoyed what I did. I took immense pride in, in helping people get jobs and whatnot. But it, it was driven by money. And since I've discovered the MGA, I've got a completely different perception on life. Money now isn't important to me, mm. right? I'm really not driven by money. I'm actually, I've, I think I've found, I know I've found something I'm so passionate about that as long as I've got enough to live, survive and look after my family, that if I'm making a difference through, through what I love doing, then I get immense satisfaction. Um, I don't even get time to play the game as much as I used to. Yeah, you were saying. Which is crazy. And, and actually, I get a kick out of saying no. You know, I really get a kick out because I'm like, okay, why am I saying no? It's because I've got work to do, <laughs> right? It's like I genuinely feel like I'm on a mission now. Yeah, and the golf will come later when it's ready. Yeah. I'll play. And in fact, when I do now play, I'm like, okay, this is my treat. Yeah. This is now my sort of reward sort of so, thing. So but, your mission has even superseded your, uh, what was your... What was kind of, what was fun for you? Yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. Listen, I love golf, yeah. right? And I and I can't think of anything better than spending three four hours and playing golf on yeah. a great course with great friends. Yeah. Unbelievable experience. But it's now a situation where it's you know sadly, if you asked me previously in my work when I was working, do you want to play golf? I would say absolutely, yeah. and I would work all the hours and do whatever I can just so that I can get out and play golf. Now, if someone says, you want to play golf? I'm like, listen, I'm too busy. <laughs> right? I haven't got time. Yeah, I'm still working, if not more than what I was before. But I, that, that now for me, listen, do I, do, I, 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 I almost feel that that's been selfish now. Mm. If I take those four hours, I'm taking those four hours away of doing something which is far bigger yeah. and more important. And that for me now has become my mission. And, and what... I hope you're all enjoying the podcast. Just to let you know, we've launched our newest product, Murabiun Sports. When you get a moment, please visit murabiansports.com. We've linked up with a whole host of sporting organisations to give young Muslims an opportunity to access a variety of sports. And it truly is groundbreaking, some of the partnerships we've got in place. You know, the vision for the MGA, the Muslim Golf Association, is ultimately we want to introduce golf to every Muslim man, woman, child, abled and disabled. That's it. And that's around the world. And there's, what, 1.9 billion Muslims Wow. in the world and so why not and yeah why not? definitely why not why not if, if and that's why i said to you right at the beginning mashallah i think the the ambition that you have yeah is is more impressive than what you've done up until now and <laughs> um, inshallah i hope that allah makes it inshallah. a success for you i mean uh, i mean because um we really need more people who are ambitious and who truly believe that they can be successful with the with the support and the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah, you know, subhanAllah, I was very fortunate enough and very blessed to have so many teachers from an Islamic perspective and, and, and real visionaries. I think people like Muhammad al-Sharif, for example, yep. right? And you don't realise what they mean. And I think as you get older, you really start to appreciate the words and stuff. And he was, you know, I still remember to say, he says that when you make du'a, when you ask and you go to the king, if you went to the king of England, and he said, okay, he gives you 20 minutes of his time, and he could give you, you could ask for anything. What would yeah. you ask for? Yeah. Okay. You, you can only imagine what you would ask for. And he says everything's on there. But now if you're asking the king of kings, 
you are and you have a private moment with him at least five times a day. And then if you want more, it's up to you, not him. Yeah. It's up to you. Why are you asking for pennies? Yeah. Okay, why why are you when you dream? Why are you dreaming? Why why are you limited when the unlimited, the all knowing, the all to who says be and it is, can do it. But we're too afraid yeah. or where we've just been programmed to think like this. And listen, most people with a vision never get to see their vision in their lifetime. Yeah. We see that in examples of Prophet Sallam, to Malcolm X, to whoever it may be, okay? They will never see it come through. Yeah. But you've got to plant the seed. Yeah, definitely. And, so, and so, you know, I know this can't happen in a year, 10 years, might not happen in 100 years. But we've got to start something. And if we're aspiring there, then if we fall short, then maybe half the world isn't too bad. And inshallah, you know, the, the intention that you make is inshallah the intention that you'll be rewarded for. Inshallah. I was smiling earlier on because I think we did the same course with Muhammad Al-Sharif on Dua. <laughs> we probably met. <laughs> we probably met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. We just slide doors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk now a little bit about the work that MGA and Morabian Sports have done together. Okay? Yeah. So when we initially met and we started having these conversations, um, we were looking at ways that we could support one another and how we could help meet each other's goals and objectives. What What are you hoping to achieve when it comes to MGA and working with young people? Sure. So as I said, going back to the vision, is we want to take golf to every Muslim man, woman, child, yeah. right? And so I think for me, I also understood both in my, my corporate life and my personal life that actually collaboration is key. There's that classic um, cliche of, you know, if you want to go faster i think you go on your own and if you want to go further you travel together right so collaboration is going to be key but it's also very um it's a humbling process because by you collaborating ultimately what you're saying is there is someone better out there Mm. and you know that's quite hard for someone who's always been quite self-centered um and that's quite hard for someone who you know is an individual per se and even as an entrepreneur because you know you think you can do everything but actually you realize that this platform and this mission is far bigger than me and and i need to get further and you now start trusting people that actually if you collaborate with the right partners you can have more impact Mm. so for me i want to take golf i think every six-year-old should learn to play golf should have a golf swing because they're so malleable um, from the one who's the most severely autistic to the one who's the most athletic. Golf is such a game that it covers all spectrums, yeah. right? And, you know, you can teach a golf swing to a six-year-old. In fact, you wouldn't even need to teach them. I would say go put a golf club in that kid's hand and see what they do with it. Yeah. Naturally, instinctively, they will swing the club. Yeah, I'm visualising that and imagine putting it in the wrong child's hand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it depends on which child you put it depends into. Which, <laughs> depends which nephew of mine it is. Exactly, right. But the point being, even if they're swinging to hit someone, the point is you're still swinging. Right? <laughs> I know, I get it. So I think a lot of the time we feel that you have to teach, control, and t- no, actually, natural instinct yeah. ticks, uh, will, will kick in, right? So if you then tweak that, and you could teach that within a couple of weeks, right? Now what you've done is that you've given that child a skill, okay? And for me, golf is a skill. And whether or not they go on to become a golfer or not is irrelevant. But the point being that now you've now been exposed to something. So now you've removed that barrier. If they're playing golf at school, as they get a little bit older, should anyone talk about golf, they've got a reference point. They can say, I played golf. Whereas I didn't, right? When I was a kid, 
when talk, people talked about golf, I stayed quiet and removed myself from that discussion. Yeah. I had no reference point. Whereas actually, if we give those kids a reference point, you might find that some really enjoy it. And there's now an opportunity that we then create an opportunity for them to get familiar in that environment. And I've seen now in the corporate world that it, in fact, golf is the only sport that is played by most, if not all, C-level executives around the world. Mm. Okay. And the crazy thing is they're not very good. Yeah. But they play it. Yeah. Okay. And I've learned firsthand when they say business is done on the golf course, it's a term that's thrown around, but I have seen it, I've experienced it and witnessed it. And it does, because I'll give an example. Say you and I work together, right? Um, you're my boss, you're the CEO, and I'm one of your workers. I'm your best worker, right? Um, and you want to reward and spend time with me. Okay, so you say to me, I mean, let's go for lunch, right? So we'll go out for lunch. We'll pick a really nice restaurant, really fancy restaurant. How much time, quality time, are we going to spend talking? probably an hour and a half, yeah. right? Because we'll have small talk and a bit of food and stuff. And before you know it, you shake my hand and I'll go away thinking, wow, wasn't that really nice? He took me to a nice restaurant. Now, if you played golf and I played golf, I promise you, you would say, let's play golf. Forget going to a fancy restaurant. In fact, let's go book a fancy course because golf makes grown men into little boys and you become obsessed. And when you find someone else who's got that obsession, you've just got this little secret pact. Yeah. That's what we would go do. Now I'm spending five hours with yeah. you. It's just me, you, outside, in the open. You've got five hours with me. We're playing something subconsciously, competitively. Yeah. Um, but now our conversation is going to evolve. Yeah, it's going to go from work to your personal life. You will quite easily, if we get on, you will quite easily open up about your personal life. I will open about my personal life. Yeah. And I did this with my global COO, uh, FTSE 250 business. And because of golf, we spent four and a half hours together. I learned about his family, his previous marriage. We talked about Islam. We talked about politics. We talked about terrorism. We talked about everything. I have now built a rapport and a bond with this guy that, was, that could never be done in a meeting room or any restaurant. Yeah. And why... Because of golf. Golf was the same medium, right? I, I, by the end of it, I couldn't care what I scored. right? I think the first nine holes, I was playing amazingly, but we got so engrossed in the conversation, forgot I the forgot was, yeah. what the score was, right? Because it's almost a case of, this is a dour opportunity. Yeah. This guy is now having a first-hand interaction with a real Muslim. Yeah. Not someone he sees in the street or someone he's heard about on a TV, but I've got an opportunity to challenge and actually, um, you know, uh, change his perception. Yeah. That is powerful. How did we get there? We got there because of golf. Yeah. I could have been the best in my field. There is no way we would have ever had those discussions. But when you're out in that open space and it's Definitely. just you two, you're just talking like men, like human beings. You interact and bond on a completely different level. And golf gave me the opportunity to do that. So that's why I want every child to at least have some sort of experience with it. And then should they wish to pursue it, they've got the confidence that, yeah, I can go learn golf. And actually, yeah. it's going to benefit me from a networking perspective. And absolutely, it will benefit you in a networking perspective. But we want to go in and introduce it. And why did we come to Murabi Yoon? Well, for me, I was looking for a partner that had access to Muslim schools. Yeah. Uh, because that's what I wanted to target. Because for me, from what I've seen, sports and Muslim schools never go hand in hand. It's the last thing, if, even if it's taught, right? You've got Islamic knowledge, which is so, so important. But when it comes to sports, they don't have the resources or the facilities. And I wanted to create a program where actually we give it completely free of charge. Yeah. The schools do nothing apart from put it in their timetable. Um, but how do you go out and find these people, right? I could have sat there and looked for all of the schools yeah, or I was looking for someone. And that's when I was introduced to Marabiyuna. I thought, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Great. 
you guys have got them all set up. Listen, and within weeks, we've got a programme up and running. Yeah. No, and so that's why. No, and I think um, I was with some leaders of Muslim schools uh, just last week, actually, and we were talking about sports. And the school who we think, and we stand to be corrected, were the first Muslim school uh, who outwardly looked Muslim to attend one of the most high-profile events across the world um, was a Muslim school from Manchester that went to the 151st Open, like you said, at Liverpool. And that was an amazing moment. Um, you know, I, I, it was amazing for me, but it was amazing for them as well, and they loved the experience. Yeah. Mashallah, that would not have been possible if you, the MJ, hadn't been able to facilitate that. And now that's opened up doors for that school like they couldn't have imagined, purely from a point of view of, in terms of just accessibility. Yeah. You know, if, if we can attend this event, why can't we attend other events? That's right. And this elitist sport, if we can play this sport, why can't we play other that's sports? That's right. Why can't we so I think, you know, mashallah, for me, it's far bigger than just swinging the golf club. It's actually all the things that you yeah. talked about, which is 20 years from the moment you held yeah. the golf club, you know, being in a primary school. Yeah. What does that allow you to do to open yeah. up doors when you go into the workplace and society? I, 100%. And in particularly for girls, yeah. right? And I say this more importantly for, for Muslim women, is that the golf is the perfect sport. It's non-contact, right? You can actually quite comfortably play with the other... You can play with the opposite gender and not have any contact yeah. and, and, and actually it could be I would think a very civil and healthy yeah. uh, platform right um, not encouraging it but um, if yeah. you wanted to there's no reason why you should or you couldn't yeah. in that side of things um, we've proven that a woman wearing full niqab from head to toe the only thing you see is her eyes can swing a golf club wow. and can play golf so she doesn't need to change her attire that's what she feels comfortable in alhamdulillah she can go out and guess what She'll get 10,000 steps in, right, <laughs> at least. You're out in fresh air. Yeah, definitely. You're in an open space. And actually, when you get into golf, because it can take four to five hours, you realise that you are now in awe of nature. Yeah. And it really does remind you of Allah. Yeah. I think I do more dhikr on a golf course than I do outside. Mashallah. Because... You know, again, having good company, but you, 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 a, you, you're trying to not swear and you're trying to say good words yeah. <laughs> is one thing. But actually, when you're walking between shots and, and between holes, it's a phenomenal time to send salawat upon the Prophet to make adhkar. Right, you see the beauty, and in some places, especially when you start playing golf in stunning places around the world, you are nothing but taken back and they think, Subhanallah. This is just breathtaking. I've played by the coast. I've played in the mountains. It's been unbelievable. Um, and it's like how, that, that can only get you closer to Allah, yeah, right? And if you're in good company, it's amazing. And so, like I said, you can play with your family, right? It's a sport that I can play with my son who's seven years old and I can play, right? Clearly, I'm, I, I've been playing it long, longer than him and he's only just started. But actually, we can have a real match, yeah. Now you tell me what sport can Not you play many. with a seven-year-old? Look, we went out as a family. It was about six or seven of us, or a bit more than that, um, a few weeks ago. Yeah, and we had a couple of youngsters with us. Yeah, and we were all playing together. Yeah, don't get me wrong; we were all at slightly different sure. levels. But like you said, I can't think of many other sports where I could be feel like, yeah, you can come along with us, and yeah. you can compete. Compete, you know, uh, you can be feel part of the, yeah. the group. That's right. Um, I can 
play my little mini cottage, yep. you could play your bit, but yep. all together. So yep. I think as a family sport, yeah, definitely. With that, and you, with the handicap system, yeah. right, it means he can play on the same, or she can play on the same level playing field yeah. as you. You don't even have to have the mini games because you just say to him, okay, you get two extra shots yeah. per hole, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, you're now under pressure because yeah. you're thinking, okay, I've got to get the ball in three <laughs> and he now gets it in four. He's actually beating you, yeah, definitely. right? And, and so it's so easy to do. And I just think you, if, you give, if you give snooker, if you played Roddy O'Sullivan, Roddy O'Sullivan, no matter how much of a head start you give him, uh, he gives you, sorry, he would wipe the floor with you, yeah. right? Cricket, if you were playing, um, I don't know, a fast bowler, James Anderson, whatever, you wouldn't stand a chance. Yeah. If you played tennis with Rafael Nadal, yeah. Djokovic, you wouldn't stand a chance. Yeah. But if you played golf with Tiger Woods, you've got a chance. That's, that's some sort of thought. He's you've, a challenge to Tiger Woods if he wants to play with Yeah, yeah, let's go, right? <laughs> You've got a chance. Probably got a slim chance, right? But the point being, actually, with a, with a true handicap system, yeah. you want, you play the same course, right? And you, you're, the game would last probably just as long. Yeah. You're right? No, and, it's really and that's a great leveller. It's a great leveller. And do you know what it is? The other thing I really like about the kind of the discussions that we've been having is that there's so much scope for it. Yeah. You know, it's such an untapped market for Muslims. Uh, full stop yeah. not just Muslim kids or, or Muslim professionals or anybody for that matter just Muslims full stop and what I really like about what we're trying to do is we're really trying to go in at the grassroots yeah. and you know uh, mashallah you've got the, the coaches go out there yeah. the coaches the youngsters um, what, I was amazed when you said to me don't worry about the facility I was like well how are you going to how are you going to yeah. pull this off and you know from the f- pictures that I've seen and the feedback that I've had it's, it's great the kids yeah. are swinging golf clubs in their school that's right playground yeah, you know, and indoors when it's been wet, and it's like, and, and they've been excited by it, and you know when I watch them perform at the open and yeah, they're practicing yeah. and swinging, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fantastic. I think from our perspective, we're, we're really excited, good, and um, we're pleased to be working with you guys. Mashallah. I think you know being kind of similar stages in our journey, both being kind of like startups in yeah, some yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'd like to think that we were on a, a similar kind of journey and similar type of mindset. Because yeah, I, I, I think with what you guys are doing, and you know, it's so, and it was just so pleasing to see that someone had the idea and the vision that actually sports, yeah. sports itself, has to be played by Muslims and focused on, on Muslim schools was like, this is exactly what I was looking for, yeah. right? And I didn't think organisations like yourself existed yeah. I, I i thought we would have had to have gone to the association of muslim schools as a body and gone to each sport but the fact that there's murabiyu which is just dedicated to sports. providing sports yeah. facilities access to schools and i don't care right whether it's golf football rugby okay yeah. because not i don't expect everyone to become a golfer all we want is everyone to experience it at yeah. least once to try it but it could be that actually they're going to become rugby's their thing yeah. swimming's their thing football's doesn't matter but it's sport sport teaches you and opens up a whole world that academia doesn't yeah that even religious studies doesn't but even if you look at the son of the prophet sports was a big part of it him racing with aisha right as an example i mean just you've you've got to really understand the life of the prophet the concept of wrestling, the concept of even competition, the yeah. horse riding, okay? Yeah. Yes, there are some of the sport, but the concept of what sport does yeah. is you, you can't teach that sitting in a room. No, you no. can't teach that. Being, being active, okay? There's this whole thing on mental health, yeah. 
lack of you know there's this big drive on the fact of we, we've got we've got an obesity culture yeah. it's because people aren't active right but actually sport is a different way of going out i'm not a walker if you ask me i'm gonna go walk six miles or go do a snowden trek no chance oh man i was going to invite you to my next hike right no chance it just really <laughs> does I, I will try right but it doesn't get me out of bed okay yeah. But go tell me to go play this really mountainous course, this really hilly course, and I'll end up walking seven, eight miles without even realising. Yeah, because you're on a mission. You've got, yeah, you've I've got, got a different objective. I've got a different objective. Yeah, yeah. And all the golf is is just a way of me getting yeah. out. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So everyone's going to have a different um, form of attraction, but you've got to have sport in some shape of, in, and form, and, and we are just trying to make it accessible for all yeah. Muslims understanding all the sensitivities around it um, because there are and no. we just want to make it accessible no, and I think mashallah you're on that journey look as we bring the show to an end sure. I've got a few questions for you okay. what's been your biggest highlight up to now what's the one moment that stands out <laughs> pick one moment pick one moment okay uh, I might have to pick two but one what one moment was, you know, and, and I guess a bit of backstory about it, and again, why I've called it the Muslim Golf Association, is that we want people to be proud to be Muslim and not hide mm. their Islam, okay? Not levels of practicing, but you're Muslim, you're Muslim. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I also want to try and connect people back to Allah, even in the smallest way as possible. And through these events and through this journey over the last two and a half years, yeah, because this, this, this happened actually probably about a year ago, uh, I got told a story about how someone went to a group of friends and said, uh, guys, um, um, when it's time to pray, can you make sure I pray? Right, and the golfers, yeah. And before this, wouldn't pray um, and because now he'd been to MGA events he'd made friends Muslim golfers as friends um, he openly went to them guys please make sure I pray yeah. when it's time for it don't leave me out or you know just make sure you're, I'm on that yeah, yeah. and you know people he used to be not necessarily ridiculed but you know people knew he was just a Jummah Muslim yeah, yeah. but he now wanted to take that next step Brilliant. and pray five times a day and golf helped him do that and that for me was, you know, that that's, it's it's stories that I hear like that that make me think, yeah, this is what it's about. It's not about engaging twelve hundred Muslim women. That's great, okay. That's, that's and it's really really important. But actually, if we change one person's life, yeah. and that person feels more confident and comfortable as being Muslim, yeah. and golf has helped them to do that, and the MJs helped them to do that, then that's that's what it's about. Beautiful story. Beautiful so, story. Yeah. I mean, that's a really good um, moment to actually end the show on. I think, you know, you connect it back to your ultimate objective, which is yeah. to connect it back to, to Allah and to connect it back to a bigger goal and a mission. And I think what's quite interesting is that where this conversation started off about being about sport, yeah, but actually deep down your objectives are, are more than that. Yeah. It's a lot more than that. You're very mission-driven person and you've got a real clear objective and inshallah i pray that allah gives you success i mean